5: We are live. VFS today, presented by Daily Roto. We're live here from the FanDuel Sportsbook, Sports Grid Studios. Uh, thanks for joining us on this. What is a rainy Sunday morning here in New Jersey? But it's week 12. And a lot of people streaming into the sports book, excited about uh, the action today. And Joe, uh, obviously, it's a big week now in DFS. We got a few game stacks that we're excited about. I guess the one that's going to dominate DFS lineups today is Atlanta and Tampa Bay.
6: It certainly is, but it's not without its pitfalls. And as you can hear, the doors have just opened. There's been people outside. It is raining and pouring. They can't wait to get in here to the FanDuel Sportsbook, basically to see Mike Blewett and myself. But... Also, obviously, place their wagers and uh, get ready for Sunday. But you're right, Mike. There's a lot of heat on this game, and I got to tell you, I'm going to stir up a little controversy here because Atlanta hasn't given up an offensive touchdown in the last eight quarters of football to the Carolina Panthers and the New Orleans Saints in New Orleans. Now, all of a sudden, they took the play calling away from Dan Quinn, right? So now, all of a sudden, we're supposed to believe that Atlanta is a very good defense. Well, I wasn't believing it last week, and I was wrong. Because Kyle Allen got picked up four times, and granted it's Kyle Allen, but still, Jameis Winston, he loves to throw picks, Mike. And now I'm a little concerned here that this game might not be the total that it might have been, oh, I don't know, three weeks ago. I'm curious, are you as concerned as I am?
5: Well, to your point about Jameis, 22 turnovers on the season, so clearly there is some concern there as to whether or not we can consistently see points uh, be shared back and forth. I really like the way Atlanta's playing right now. But I do think that this game will see the points that people are expecting. Will it go over? I think right now we're at 51.5, so it's actually come down slightly. Will it go over that? Not entirely convinced, but I think we're right at that number. I'll
6: tell you what, I'm not entirely convinced either. Again, they've given up just 12 points in the last eight quarters of football. I don't know what happened. You know, one-offs are one-offs. I wasn't believing it last week. I went right back to Atlanta. But you know what? Now I'm starting to think it's a trend, Mike. I'm getting a little concerned about it. And on the other side of this game, too, yeah, I I understand that uh, Mike Evans has been outstanding. We've been very pro-Mike Evans here. When everybody wanted to write him off, we were the show that continued to be very positive about Mike Evans. And now, you know, I'm starting to wonder, too, where are we going to go here if Winston turns over the ball too much, if they hold them back, that Evans could potentially be a bust in this game as well.
5: Yeah, look— the way it's worked out this year uh, for Tampa wide receivers is sort of one or the other, right? It's been either Chris Godwin or Mike Evans supplying nearly 30 DraftKings points per week. But I think, um, I just think given the stakes in this game where Tampa's season, Tampa be eliminated from the playoffs uh, today. Uh, if they lose this game i just think this could be a battle i like atlanta in the battle but i think tampa uh, is able to, to stick with uh, the falcons for at least a period of time really good defense the last two weeks i can't expect them to keep up that pace uh, i think we see the points here let's go to the other game in the nfc south and that is the carolina panthers a nine and a half point underdog versus new new orleans saints points expected here as well
6: uh, yes, I think this one you're going to get some points. Marshawn Lattimore questionable right now, but it looks like he's trending towards playing. That doesn't mean he's 100%. So that does mean as we continue to move on with the program that DJ Moore might actually be in play despite how good Lattimore has been. But the other big topic, I think, is Alvin Kamara. I think we saw a little bit of a bounce back last week from Kamara. First time since September that I've seen a healthy Alvin Kamara on the football field, and that matters to me. So I think it's time to reinvest on him. Michael Thomas, we all know how good he is. And the other side of this, you know, can Kyle Allen bounce back? and uh, keep pace a little bit, and I think the answer to that question is yes. I don't think it's going to be great, but I think last week certainly uh, the turnovers were concerning at the very least. However, he still threw for a huge yardage total, so I think we're okay on that one.
5: Yeah, Uh, so next game first of all, uh, pause to tell you about the bye weeks, Uh, and the bye weeks are the Cardinals, Chiefs, Chargers, and Vikings so we're going to be looking at not being able to use guys like Dalvin Cook, not being able to use the running backs uh, that we have in uh, Melvin Gordon and or Austin Eckler, who was big in the show down uh, the other night despite bad performance uh, by Phillip rivers and the chargers overall so um, some of those guys you're accustomed to using you know we gotta we gotta push them to the side how about this other game seattle at philly i think there's been a lot of debate as to whether or not this can be a windfall for fantasy owners today but clearly there's some players that are of good value whether miles sanders tyler lockett or more
6: yeah look i also think there's potential for seattle to come out flat in this one mike i really do such a a Big-time game a couple weeks ago. Went to overtime on the road in San Fran. They came out with a victory. It was a huge win. They had a bye. I'm a little worried about them coming out flat. The Philly front against the run's been very good. Gives me a little bit of concern about Chris Carson this game. I think Hollister will play well. Lockett's banged up. There's a lot of injuries here, and now Seattle going... Across the country to play in some weather yeah i don't know if i love this spot here i actually think the eagles are a sneaky dfs defense this week for the price and i'll say what the eagles are starting to get a little healthy too jay ajayi is now going to get the the ball out it seems like today uh, seems like a messy sloppy kind of a game and if so if it tends to be that kind of a situation here i think it actually in some ways favors the eagles here the way they're going to run the football the way that seattle's front has been questionable i think most of the year and on top of that you've also got some guys coming back offensively and defensively in the secondary because Eagles' secondary hasn't been good this year but they're starting to get healthy and i think that could be a difference maker
5: yeah from a wagering standpoint uh, the road underdogs this year have been very profitable particularly short underdogs like Seattle is today they're getting a point and a half uh, at Philly but I still I have to side with Joe I'm a little concerned that this is a really big spot for Seattle I think Russell Wilson is uh, obviously been incredible this year one of the two MVP candidates left I think it's either him or Lamar mm-hmm. for uh, for the MVP this season so <clears throat> I just do have concerns about whether or not they can hold up uh, under these injuries. Jadavion Clowney banged up, and, and Philly absolutely needing this game as much as anybody uh, needs a game this week. That's a
6: good point, Mike. They absolutely do. They are they're definitely back against the wall. It's almost like. like
5: a you know, loser goes home game for them at least.
6: It is. It is. And I think whenever you're in those situations, you have an opportunity to you know to show out here. And look, Dallas has his work cut out for it as well. So you have to understand that. Because I feel like when you're in that situation here, Dallas has been playing better. But if you also look at it, Dallas has also struggled against better football teams. And I think you have to keep that in mind too. So if Dallas should lose today to New England, again, it's going to be a sloppy, rainy kind of a contest too. It's going to be cold. A lot of the guys on Dallas have had this flu issue too where they were giving Dak medicine apparently to prevent him from getting the flu. So it's going to be a fascinating thing to see what develops there. But I'll tell you what, Mike, I look at this one and I say, the Philadelphia Eagles are definitely in a must-win situation here, and I think backs against the wall. I actually think they pull out a victory.
5: You referenced that Dallas-New England game. Uh, points expected here as well. New England's got a lot of guys banged up. Obviously, Nikhil Harry may actually be able to may have to step in today for an injured Mohamed Sanu. He saw four targets last week. He actually was in on 43% of the snaps. But Julian Edelman a clear play today for DFS.
6: Uh, Edelman's going to get a ton of volume. James White also, uh, you'd know, imagine him and Sony Michelle are going to be very active in this game too. So, look, in terms of what you're looking for for the New England Patriots offense, I think they still struggle in the red zone. I don't think it's a huge DFS defense you're looking for. This is probably going to be yet another game that they win on defense. And that just doesn't get me excited from the DFS standpoint. It really doesn't. Now, maybe that will all change today. Maybe getting home gets them right. Maybe the crowd inspires them and all that stuff. It's quite possible. We all know when we get to the stretch run of the season how good New England is, especially in that building. But at the same time, Mike, I look at this situation here with Dallas, too. This is a potent offense. They've got a lot of good pieces here. Gilmore will probably shut down Amari Cooper because he's basically shut down everybody else. So we'll see what happens here today. But certainly lots of big, almost playoff-style games this week, including on Sunday Night Football as well.
5: Yeah, running back position, which we'll talk about next. Struggle to find some value in this week's slate, but you have powerful offenses and good running backs like the Packers and Aaron Jones, like the Niners' entire running game, like the Ravens' entire running game, which are off the main slate. So we'll break down running backs next. It's DFS Today, sponsored by Daily Roto. It's Mike and Joe. We'll be right back from the FanDuel Sportsbook. It's Week 12.
2: going to come. Well, the Challenge Gods have answered our prayers, and we're going to be right here, along with you fans, covering every episode on the
3: podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of... $300,000. $300,000. Anyone can win.
2: Relationships matter. And only one all-star will claim the title of challenge champion.
3: Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
5: <laughs> We're back from the, fan, from the Sports Grid TV studio. At the FanDuel Sportsbook in New Jersey. Happy to be here with you on Pluto Channel 17. Just launched there this week. For those of you watching on Zumo, uh, Channel 719, appreciate it. And on STIR, uh, YouTube, and anywhere else you can find us. For those of you listening on iHeart and TuneIn uh, Radio, we appreciate it. Joe and I will take you through all the positional groups, uh, starting with the running back position. Um, and by the way, on Twitter, follow us on Twitter at SportsGrid. Joe's at... Uh, Joe, uh, Joe, Joe P. 17. 17 and I'm at Mike Blewett. Pluto Sorry. not I'm a, a bl- planet,
6: but a streaming TV service.
5: That's right. People That's don't know right. that. Yeah, That's true. Uh, I had to walk through this whole thing with my uh, six-year-old son about Pluto being a planet, and it's not. very
6: traumatizing. Yeah,
5: it you was. A, it was then. It wasn't. It's like it finding was, out about the Tooth
6: Fairy, or Santa Claus, or the Easter Bunny. Now Pluto's not a planet. I don't know what's real and He's what's not. He's growing up
5: in a world where Pluto. Uh, it is again. Oh, right. Chris said it is just right. now. So just it's made it a, a planet minor again. planet. I think not a major planet. It's no but... such. There's no minor planets. Okay. No All such right. thing. Okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. We don't want to uh, offend those uh, <laughs> from the planet of Pluto. <laughs> but thanks to our partner Pluto streaming TV again, channel uh, five seventeen. So let's get to the running back position. Uh, we talked We should start at the top with a guy that uh, we waited on to finally be healthy. Uh saw some production last week. That's Alvin Kamara.
6: Yeah, look, uh, I, I said it in the first segment. To me, I'm looking at Alvin Kamara, and I'm looking at the price, and I see 8300 And I see a slate without Dalvin Cook, who's kind of been in that same price range. And I finally feel like we can get back into the Alvin Kamara business. And that is very exciting because, to me, Alvin Kamara is one of the best all-purpose running backs in the game. The problem has been he hasn't been healthy. So he's been banged up a lot. And then, of course, you had the switch of quarterback when Drew Brees was out. And that kind of brought down the overall productivity of him as well. They went to a more standard running game with Latavius Murray that favored him. And that allowed really Teddy Bridgewater to be comfortable in the pocket because they kept running the football. It opened up some play action, some other things. But now that Drew Brees is back, now that they're home, now that the offense is rolling after that last week in Tampa, I think it's a great situation here for Alvin Kamara. So I'm going to go buy back in here one of my favorite cash game running backs. And I actually think he plays in tournaments too because the ceiling of Alvin Kamara, we haven't had a lot of those big 30-point Alvin Kamara games I think today. Could be one of those games.
5: Guy he's playing against is on pace for 2,521 scrimmage yards, which would be an NFL record. That's, and that's pretty good. Christian McCaffrey, but obviously very expensive, 10500 uh, on FanDuel. So, your thoughts on CMC today?
6: I'm out. I'm out on Christian McCaffrey. Uh, it's just it's too expensive. If you're going to pay up for a premium player in DFS, I think you pay up for Michael Thomas. Michael Thomas still, where he's at, is still about $1,000 less than McCaffrey. You know he's going to get the targets. You know, Michael Thomas has more receptions this year than all of the wide receivers on the Eagles and all of the wide receivers on the Ravens. That is a stunning statistic, but it's true. So if you're going to pay up for a premium DFS guy, I think I would pay up for Thomas too because that CMC price is just too difficult.
5: And I don't love a lot of the
6: stars and grub combinations this week to make it work
5: a game that's uh, happening behind us uh, in a few hours is the Raiders uh, taking on the New York Jets Josh Jacobs has obviously been uh, an excellent player all season for those of you in seasonal fantasy he's been money Uh, for those of you in DFS he's delivered time and time again he's had a lot of touchdown equity so what are your thoughts on Josh Jacobs today going up against the number one rush defense in the NFL
6: well I think Mike when you look at it you realize that. He's in a spot here today where he is continuously the focal point of this offense. The offense is running through Jacobs, which is the right thing to do. He looks good. He does not look tired. He doesn't look stressed so far. Here we rolling into week 12 in the season. And today, when you look at the weather outside this beautiful Meadowlands complex, Tough you days. can see it is, uh, it's is—it's not exactly sunny out. So you would imagine that they are going to commit to that run and he's going to get a steady diet of, of carries, probably at least a minimum of somewhere between 17-19, somewhere around there. He's going to be active in the passing game as well. And uh, look, the rain never bothers me so much, Mike, as the wind so far. It's just rain, not wind, so yeah, I don't it's think it's going to affect offenses that too out, yeah. much, but I think Jacobs is certainly a guy that's in play. I think more of a cash game play because of where his salaries? Yeah,
5: I didn't mean to necessarily lead with him, but he's part of a group of RBs that are. It's kind of a challenging week, right? We're trying to figure out who's the best value in tournaments, and Jacobs is one of a group that also includes Nick Chubb, Leonard Fournette, Derek Henry, Saquon Barkley, Chris Carson. You're going to have to try to pull one or two guys out of that in order to really dis, or, or to really distance yourself in tournaments, and their projections aren't that far apart. I'm leaning to Fournette and Henry in that game. I think it's going to be a very rush-heavy contest. And Fournette's projected touchdown total should be closer to four. It's only at one. That's really been his problem this year. But the volume has been there. The efficiency, for the most part, has been there. I'm just curious, uh, of that group, whether it's Fournette, Henry, or any of those other guys who you like best. Well,
6: I think you hit the nail on the head with Fournette and Henry. I think those two guys are going to be very heavily involved in this game today. You're also going to probably see an overcorrection for the Jaguars and Fournette too, because last week, Doug Marone very clearly said, uh, you know what? It's my fault. We didn't get Fournette the ball enough, and we lost, and that's right. If you're going to win football games, you got to get Leonard Fournette the ball, and now, here's your opportunity to make good on that. So, Doug Marone, I believe him when he says he's going to actually get Leonard Fournette the ball, because they lost last week. So, if you want to win football games, you get Leonard the ball. Yes, I know the touchdowns have been sparse this year, but you can't worry about that. On the other side, Derrick Henry, another guy, too, has been very solid all year. He's had some good games against the Jaguars as well. This is probably not a high total, but for these guys, a very high total in terms of volume of rushing the football. That's a big positive. And on top of that, too, I know Nick Chubb is going to be very, very popular today. But, Mike Blewett, I want to ask you this question – are you concerned a little bit with the ceiling of Chubb with Alvin with uh, Kareem Hunt there because now you've got Kareem Hunt in this mix who's stealing some of the targets away yeah. from him, and on top of that, they struggled in the red zone recently and on the goal line. Maybe Kareem Hunt gets some of that opportunity, maybe just maybe.
5: I know, I know. This is a week that some people are going to jump in on the Browns simply because they are playing the Dolphins. And I'm telling you, I'm in anyway, even though people are going to jump in just based on that one factor. I think Baker has a really big day today. But to your point, I think that it will necessitate Chubb scoring multiple touchdowns in order for you to distance him. And that's a tough guess because Beckham could be that guy that has multiple touchdowns. Jarvis Landry has seen a few touchdowns this year. And to your point about Hunt, I just want, I just worry that there isn't enough there now. Chubb is the, is an interesting tournament play simply because if he does get those two touchdowns and he thread the needle, then you're in good shape. I think
6: you're but asking I, a lot to do that. I, I agree. It's a very difficult thing. I agree. I, That's I why he would have. I
5: would be underweight the field probably on Chubb, but overweight the field on the receiver.
6: I will take the discount on Hunt for me personally. Take the discount on Hunt and. Hopefully you get the receptions because you haven't. he got like 17 targets in his first two games back. That's a lot of targets. So you take the receptions. You take that. Maybe you get a touchdown out of him. The upside is huge. The risk is much lower in terms of return on investment. And that's the way I would go. And speaking of return on investment, Mike, too, Saquon Barkley is just $7,900 this week on FanDuel. That's not a price. I mean, usually that's a a full $1,000 discount on what you'd normally see Saquon Barkley. He's coming off the buy. He's coming off a week where he's not on the injury report i don't know about you mike but i feel like this is a perfect opportunity to get back in on barkley especially when you consider that the bears in the last four games or so have given up 24 plus points to running backs in fantasy so just because it's the bears quote unquote does not mean that all of a sudden we can't start saquon barkley and now that he's at a discount mike I feel like he's almost a must-look, and you should have a fair amount of shares going into today.
5: Yeah, I think he's always a guy that is going to receive uh, another—so much volume in that offense that— when you get him on the right week, we're just talking about Fournette in that same way, right? Fournette's delivered on a more consistent basis this year. But if you get the week and you're playing Fournette in the week where he scores a touchdown or two, you're in big money and right. you distanced yourself from the field, especially in tournaments. So I think Barkley's that type of guy. I think Le'Veon Bell is a consideration there. However, Bilal Powell is eating into his touches slightly over the last couple of weeks. One guy I really want to make sure we talk about is Miles Sanders. With the amount of injuries uh, to – The receiving core there, Miles Sanders, is becoming a bigger part of that offense from a focus standpoint, he and Zach Ertz. So, curious what your thoughts are on Miles Sanders, since you kind of like the Eagles today.
6: Yeah, I do. My concern is, what's Jay Ajayi? We've heard some rumors recently that he is going to get more active in this offense, and he's obviously not uh, a foreigner to this offense, too. He's played in this offense before, not that long ago. So, this should be fascinating to watch how it plays out today. I always like Sanders more when there's somebody else in that backfield, so I actually think that helps him in a little bit. But it does kind of take away from that touchdown upside that he has. You mentioned Le'Veon Bell. Bell, to me, is one of the great – cash game guys you can throw out there he's got a very high floor the ceiling might be limited but in terms of what you're going to get out of him you're going to get almost 100 all-purpose yards no matter what you're probably going to get at least six seven catches and i think that's all you need for him to hit double digit points and are you already in the 16 18 range throwing a touchdown it's fantastic
5: i actually like the jets today uh against the raiders here at MetLife stadium i think other considerations that we didn't get a chance to talk about are brian hill Chris Carson, Joe Mixon, Darius geist all considerations today in your DFS lineups. Joe and I will be back to talk wide receivers after this. DFS Today we will be right back.
2: SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com
5: Hey, you want to be the next Daily Fantasy Millionaire? Well, dunk on your NBA DFS competition with DailyRoto.com and dominate on FanDuel and DraftKings this season. Compete with the pros with the DailyRoto.com optimizer and the most accurate projections in NBA DFS, plus line of alerts, breaking news, late swap support, and much, much more. So save 10% on winning NBA DFS advice with the promo code DUNK. Visit DailyRoto.com backslash dunk to learn more. That's DailyRoto. Dot com backslash Donk, Dailyrodo.com It's where millionaires are made. For those of you that are in the area, and courtesy of Window Will, who just got this over to me, you have your yeah, best. Yeah, it was very sly. Yeah, yeah, just kind of so stuck smooth. it in there on the desk. So here. smooth. That's uh, production at its highest level. So uh, this NFL tip sheet right here, best bets uh, from Game Rensi and from the dailyrodocom uh, sports grid uh, betting model. So be sure to stop by and pick up one of these uh, if you're in the area. But thank you. for Joining us uh, this morning on Pluto, Channel 517, our, our newest partner. So let's get to uh, wide receivers. You know, the running back position is, is pretty tricky this week. It's tough to extract value. There's a few guys that we like, but in that mid-tier, I, I think that that's what's going to separate it, and that's always difficult because they're so bunched together on projections and in pricing and value. But for wide receivers, you have got a few guys that kind of stand out, and I'll start out with a guy that hasn't scored a touchdown in – Gosh, six or seven weeks. That's Julio Jones. It's been a while. It's, his, it's tied for his longest streak, a scoreless streak. I think it's seven weeks in a row. Uh, so what do we have for Julio? This
6: yeah, week? that was two years ago where he did that, and yeah. everybody was freaking out, and that's when he had the low touchdown total, and everybody was losing their mind. And yeah. then last year, it uh, it obviously corrected itself. And now we're back to that same thing again. Right. And basically, it's because all the attention's on Julio. And the problem is, even with all the attention on him, the double teams, I don't know if Tampa can stop him today, and my guess would be no. You have to understand, though, it's going to be super, super chalky. So Calvin Ridley, in a lot of ways, is kind of the more... I feel like the theme of wide receiver is going to be today. There's going to be the chalky guy everybody wants because it's the easy, lazy answer. And then there's going to be the guy who's cheaper but really has basically the same exact upside, and I feel like it's Calvin Ridley. I'm not saying you can't go Julio. Julio makes a lot of sense. Julio's at a decent enough price, especially if you don't want to pay all the way up for Michael Thomas. Okay. Julio you can make the case for, but like you said, Mike, the touchdowns have not been there. And, you know, recently, too, it's funny, you'd think with um, Devontae Freeman out that all of a sudden they would be really focused more on getting Julio the ball. It hasn't been the case. Well, you think with Hooper out, you'd think, oh, let's get the ball in Julio's hand. No, it's it's really been Calvin Ridley over those last couple weeks, and that's kind of been a surprise for me. I'm not saying you can't go Julio, but I think you might want to temper the expectations. Instead of having him across the board where it's can't miss, I think you have to put some Calvin Ridley shares in those
5: tournaments instead. Yeah, I think Calvin Ridley has been the biggest beneficiary, obviously, of Mohamed Sanu's absence and, and getting getting him back on the same page with Matt Ryan and, and seeing a, a bigger share of targets go to him has been uh, really important for, for his progression and the offense as a whole. So we talked about Mike Thomas. Obviously, the NFC South is really important today with, with Mike Thomas, Julio, Calvin, Ridley. We've got the Mike Evans, Chris Godwin combo, which, frankly, can always hit. And if we do expect, if you do expect that game to be a track meet, that game is going to be stacked uh, five times uh, six ways from Sunday simply because uh, there are so many different combinations you can use with With Jameis and the two wide receivers, with Matt Ryan and the two wide receivers, bringing somebody back. That's just going to be a game, frankly, that's going to be very heavily stacked and highly owned players. And if it
6: doesn't perform, let me tell you something, it's going to drag a whole lot of teams down with it. So keep that in mind in these single-entry tournaments, too. You might want to enter some single-entry tournaments and have zero exposure to that. Because let me tell you, if this game does go way under the total let's say it ends up being a 2017 game or or who knows with this Atlanta Falcons defense maybe they don't give up another touchdown for another four quarters of football all of a sudden that pay line comes way down all of a sudden if you're not exposed to that game you have a real chance in single entries to beat uh that pay line there
5: let's talk a little bit about the uh Browns contest they're obviously going up against the Dolphins a heavily favored team we talked a little bit about Chubb and I said in the last segment I'm on the receivers today. I understand people will jump on Baker Mayfield. that He's played better as of late. The offense is showing signs of coming together. But uh, talk a little bit about Odell versus uh, Jarvis Langer, how you want to set this up at the watch. Well, watchers. this kind
6: of goes to the same thing about the earlier discussion about Odell Beckham, which is you see the matchup and you go, oh, Dolphins. There you go. Let's go right to Odell Beckham. And yes, he's been getting targets, but let's also not forget he hasn't really made the most of them this year. He's also got Nick Needham covering him, who's the ranked 11th cornerback according to PFF. And on the other side of this game, you've got Jarvis Landry. Now, Jarvis Landry is only thousand dollars less than him on Fanduel, but there's a couple. Thousand, uh, excuse me, only a hundred dollars less on Fanduel. A couple hundred dollar difference between them on DK. And on DraftKings, that couple hundred dollar difference down to Landry makes a lot more sense because he's got the 80th ranked corner, Jamal Wilts, against him. And we all know the linebacking core is not very good with Miami either. So now you're in a spot here where you're asking for matchup. You're looking for the potential of volume and as great as Odell Beckham is as a talent. When you factor in the price, the ownership, the fact that so many people are going to be on it, I think Landry right now might be the smarter play because Landry, too, has been very consistent, very consistent. over this run. He he's, was He's delivered more
5: value for, uh, for his price first on a week week basis. But I'll
6: tell you what, it goes back to that same concept. You're going to double-team the best guy. The best guy's Odell. Who's going to beat you then? It's probably going to be Landry. And they can't stop it. They're going to run the football. They're going to throw the ball to Landry and Hunt. And I think it, it would not be shocked if Odell disappoints in this one, too.
5: Starting secondary, Rashad Jones, Xavier Howard, Minka Fitzpatrick at the beginning of the year are no longer uh, playing or on the team. For the Dolphins, so that does leave open uh, these opportunities for both receivers. Now, uh, let's talk about Julian Edelman in, in a little bit more depth. We mentioned in that first uh, segment, uh, it seems like a very high volume of targets going to funnel him today. With we we know that Mohamed Sanu is out, right? We're looking for uh, news on Philip Dorsett. So, as always, I have to pause and say that we do film this show from eight to nine Eastern. It is important that inactives become. Uh, have huge consequences on what we're saying potentially. So if you're watching this on demand and watching it at a later time, be certain to check those inactives to make sure that players we're talking about uh, may or may not play. So uh, give me your Jules? Couple, yeah, Give me a minute on Jules. Hey, boy. look,
6: you know, 10 targets at least in the last three games. He's got 11 red zone targets in the past three games. Now he's dropped a couple balls to a couple key balls. But at the same time, they need Julian Edelman this game to step up. I think he knows it. Brady knows it. Everybody knows it. He's 75K uh, on uh, FanDuel. And you look at Edelman and you go, really, there's not a lot of people left. And guys like Edelman need to step up here in the void of guys like Sanu and Dorsett being out. Brady knows that. Edelman knows that. Uh, I think you will see Edelman finally catch that touchdown today with all those red zone targets going his way. They haven't gotten a lot of the tight end position. You saw Ben Watson catch a couple balls. But, look, it's Julian Edelman. And it's Tom Brady, and that's the connection. If they're going to win this football game, those two guys have to deliver. Brady was a little banged up this week as well. But, uh, look, he can't get much safer than Julian Edelman and Cash. I don't know if it has the tournament upside you're looking for, but in terms of floor, it doesn't get much better than him.
5: John Brown delivered a week ago. How about him today against the Denver Broncos defense?
6: You know, this is a very polarizing one because I like John Brown, and a lot of people looking this week at John Brown, and they're a little concerned because they say, well, he's got Chris Harris on him. But you know what? The nice thing about John Brown is John Brown does not have to necessarily catch 10 balls to be very useful in DFS. John Brown could catch three balls and have himself one hell of a day with that one big one. So that's the plus side of him. He's been so good with Josh Allen. Josh Allen's been outstanding. A couple weeks ago here on the program, we called him the new Cam Newton because you look at the stats, that's basically what he is. He's throwing the ball deep. John Brown's been that beneficiary. He's scoring rushing touchdowns. He's running the football Still some accuracy issues, but I'll tell you what, I think John Brown's still that guy today. And uh, you also saw how even though the Denver defense is very good. They did fall apart in that second half against Minnesota last week, and unfortunately, that ended up being the game for them. So I am I am all in again on John Brown. Well, loved him last week. That was easy. It's harder to love him this week, but I'm going to love him anyway.
5: Yeah, how about um, a couple more guys to talk but We talked about the Tampa wide receivers at, at length, really. Uh, those are guys that you can have in your lineup uh, every week. Uh, I believe this is DJ Moore. Uh, you, you had a question. Uh, yeah, a question I, we, I, look, DJ Moore, really, every week we've talked about how undervalued <laughs> he is and last last week he came through. He had seven catches again.
6: He came through again on a week where his quarterback threw four picks. That's right. I mean, it's unbelievable. Five red zone targets in his last three games, uh, also been targeted at least 10 times in those last three games. So what's not to like here? I understand Marshawn Lattimore Probably will be back for this game. We'll see. Michael be on the later on in the program uh, as we go in through our programming day to give you updates there. It seems like he's going to try to play, but he's clearly not 100. percent If he was, he wouldn't be questionable now, would he? So the fact that he's playing gives me hope that maybe even DJ Moore is a bit of a contrarian play.
5: Here. And he's a questionable a week after he missed, so you know it's not it's not a standard. Um, I, he got banged up. He he's been out. So
6: I, uh, I'm just looking at it, Mike, and I just don't see how we can't. Like this opportunity here for him. DJ Moore's been so steady.
5: Yeah, so uh, a couple more guys. Devontae Parker, Hunter Renfro... Golden Tate, uh, those guys relatively low priced potential values. Renfro becoming a bigger part of that offense, even though he's just a possession receiver. There may not be much touchdown equity, but if you do get that touchdown with Renfro along with the catches, he can really deliver on his price. Yeah, great price
6: on uh, on DK two. He's forty five hundred. There, you got to love where he's at uh, in terms of a lineup builder. Hunter Renfro is getting volume. Hunter Renfro, you could see Darren Waller's stats have gone down. We keep talking about this. I hope you're realizing it. Waller's come back a little bit, and Renfro's gone up a little bit. So you have. To stick with that trend, and that's clearly, I think, a trend in the weather today that we see is going to hold true again. And uh, as far as Devontae Parker goes, look, Mike, this is another guy that I'm shocked that he's relevant. It's great that we've gotten to a point where yeah. Devontae Parker is now relevant. He's another guy. He is basically being targeted six times at least in the last three games. The target volume's there. They're going to be from behind. The Dolphins have zero running games, so why wouldn't you continue to just? force the ball over there. And look, the corner play of the Browns, I know they're good on paper, but they haven't played well this year. Yeah. So for me, I don't know why you wouldn't go back to that Devontae Parker well again this week.
5: Very aggressive corners, but uh, to your point, there there is they make mistakes. Yeah, there's possibility that, uh, especially without a pass rush that Miles Garrett uh, was providing, I think it will leave them more susceptible. Parker's just in a good scenario for DFS where the volume is there. It doesn't really matter about efficiency. There's going to be volume. The offense may be relatively inefficient, but Devontae Parker is the clear number one option on offense therefore Ryan Fitzpatrick Uh, last guy Golden Tate before we go to break
6: oh look Golden Tate I look at and this is another one where you see the Bears defense and you go oh my goodness oh my goodness you know what Golden Tate has been a very steady volume guy. Sterling Shepard back on the field today. But I still say Golden Tate is that number one go-to look for Daniel Jones.
5: Yeah, so uh, we're going to come back. We're going to talk quarterbacks. We're going to talk tight ends, defenses. I might have a bone to pick about that Darren Waller take. But Joe and I will be back on DFS Today live from the FanDuel Sportsbook in New Jersey. It's DFS Today sponsored by Daily Roto. Fantasy Draft, the only rake-free daily fantasy site, brings the heat again with a $250,000 rake-free contest. This is the Hooters' main event, which Ricky Sanders, our own Ricky Sanders, won last Ricky! Time. $35,000 to Ricky Sanders. We might talk to him a little bit later this morning. So this is the largest and only rake-free contest of its kind that you will find for NFL Week 12. And remember, only on Fantasy Draft are 100% of entry fees paid to contest winners. Sign up at FantasyDraft.com with a referral code FNTSY, and you'll get a free seven-day trial membership. That's FantasyDraft.com, referral code FNTSY. For your set free seven-day trial membership. So, uh, let's move on to. Uh, we got a lot to cover in this final segment here. We got uh, the QBs. So it's no surprise that the QBs uh, in the games with the highest totals are going to be uh, focused on and highly owned. And that really starts with Matt Ryan and Jameis Winston.
6: Yeah, it does. And I think if if you're looking at this, Matt Ryan clearly is the guy that is very, very cash game friendly he's a guy that you can count on you know you're gonna probably get somewhere around 270 yards in that range he's probably gonna throw for at least two touchdowns in this game 7900 on matt ryan for fan duel really nice price on him so you gotta love that winston you know here's where i struggle the falcons defense has played so well and for only a 300 dollars discount i can't get there on winston now you want to say you want to be contrarian about it and that's why you like winston to take the other side of this game that's fine But there's a really strong trend right now developing for that Falcons defense, and I understand your hesitancy, just like mine, to buy into it. I was not buying into it last week. After last week now, two weeks in a row, Now I'm starting to buy into it. It's become a trend. It's not a one-off. So for me, I'm going to fade away from Winston, give me Matt Ryan in cash. I'm good with that. That's fine. But I think there's plenty of other quarterbacks on the board to get excited about.
5: Yeah, both of those defenses funnel to the pass, so that's why people are going to be looking at Matty Ice and and Jameis Winston. So uh, Joe trying to fade Winston today, but there's going to be plenty of people on him. So I just need people to know that as you enter into some of these multi-entry tournaments, there is going to be a decent percentage that own Winston. Now, quarterbacks are never heavily owned like a Camaro would be where it could be upwards of 50%. QBs don't get ownership like that. Uh, people can spread it around a little bit because there's a lot um, tighter projections. But uh, the third guy, really, part of the three-headed monster of projections on Daily Roto this week would be Baker Mayfield.
6: Yeah, and this is another one where it just it makes sense. It's, it's pretty obvious in that sense. Baker Mayfield has got a great matchup here at 7,500 on FanDuel going against the Miami Dolphins. We saw Josh Allen last week have a great game. It's at home. This should be an easy game for them. Now, they've had some other games that matched up where they should have been easy games. It should have been locks for Baker Mayfield and the Browns, and it hasn't been. But... This is the Dolphins, and I do believe that the Dolphins will make Baker Mayfield look good, and I think that he is a very safe play this week, too. I do believe it's Landry is the guy you want to pair with him, but I also feel like since Kareem Hunt has come back into this offense, they've gotten a little bit tougher to defend. That's a positive, too. You've also got the tight end back in this one as well, David Njoku back on the field. So really, it's the first time this team has been at full strength all year long with all the offensive weapons, and that's a good thing for Baker Mayfield and a bad thing for the Miami Dolphins.
5: 28 uh, implied total for the Browns, so one of their highest of the year. And, And I understand Baker and the Browns are going to be chalky. I'm just saying don't fade it just because he's going to be chalk. Uh, Joe and I Sometimes talk about this. Sometimes the chalk is good. The right. chalk
6: is the chalk because it's right. Drew Joe and, and I talk about good. it
5: every week and I think you can take different shots today with quarterback and that's all well and good. I, I just think Baker is going to have uh, a good day. Michael Thomas is good at football. That's right. It's chalk. That's it right. doesn't make
6: it wrong. The,
5: and the Browns offense, you know, look, all the controversy and all the nonsense that happened 10 days ago. Um, I, I think they're going to try and put it behind them offensively. If, if they come out and lay a dud today, there's going to be uh, wide-reaching ramifications I think, but I think they come out and, and play well, today and put up some points against uh, Miami in Cleveland. So, uh, next quarterback to talk about is guy that's playing right here behind us, Derek Carr. An amazingly efficient season for him. They go up against a number one rush defense. So, we think maybe we're limiting Josh Jacobs today. Uh, you talked a little bit about Waller uh, and Renfro. Uh, we didn't mention Tyrell Williams. So, do you think Carr can have an all around pass heavy? volume today as opposed to them maybe fading away from the run because the Jets are stopping it?
6: He could. The problem is the price. The problem is for $100 more, you can have Baker Mayfield so yeah. why wouldn't you just take Mayfield, which is the sure thing? Why would you leave it to chance? And I feel like that's the only issue there. If you want the to, try- only
5: reason you would do it is to uh, from a contrarian play yeah. because Baker's chalky, and you want you want a little bit of different ownership at QB.
6: I can understand that, but if you're going to do that, then I'd rather go to a Josh Allen or someone like that because I feel like that's a guy that's really all of a sudden played great. Now he's at home, and the Denver Broncos are coming to town. All of a sudden, they're like, well, we got to step back because of Denver Broncos. Why? Why? Why do they step back as the Denver Broncos? Because they finish games so well? No, they always let teams get back into games yeah. too anyway. So if you're going to be different, I say you go different with a guy who has a huge ceiling. And Josh Allen's the kind of guy that has a huge ceiling. Whereas Derek Carr, very solid, very strong, like Mike mentioned there. But I feel like that's the kind of guy that. It's just a little too vanilla for my taste in terms of trying to make something happen because I just think at the end of the day it's a little limited, especially when Josh Jacobs truly is the focal point of the offense.
5: Yeah, I, I think also watching the way they played against the Bengals uh, last week was not uh, not inspiring. It wasn't
6: inspiring, but yeah. we all know week to week how those things change yeah, in the NFL. True.
5: It's crazy. True. Uh, all right, so a couple more guys. A, a guy I think people are going to be on a little bit because he's played really well from a DFS standpoint. He's played well in general. The team can't get any wins, but Jeff Driscoll stepping in for Matt Stafford for the third straight week. What do you think?
6: You made me wait for it. I've been waiting for <laughs> when we're going to talk about Jeff Driscoll. I've been so excited about it. And look, you look at the numbers. The stats are there. The last couple of weeks, he's averaging about 24 fantasy points over the last two weeks. Yep. Uh, he is averaging 44 rushing yards, so you got to love that as well. And you're talking about a matchup against the Redskins. Okay. I don't care. It's on the road. Great. It's the Redskins. The Redskins have folded up the tents. They've gone home. That's it. Haskins is going to have trouble making uh, you know, first downs and, and moving the chains. So there's going to be a ton of opportunities here on the other side of this game for the Lions. He's made Kenny Galladay a touchdown recipient. He's thrown a couple TDs to Marvin Jones. Everything looks fine. They don't have much of a running game, so it's not like they can turn around and hand the ball off 25 times because that ain't happening. I know some people are like Scarborough this week. I don't, I'm don't. not getting into that dance at all. Driscoll, on the other hand, he's using his legs. He's making plays. He's throwing touchdowns, and he's doing it all at a nice little discount. On DK, he's just 5500 I mean, doesn't get much better than that in terms of return on investment into QB. Yep. He is an easy 18, I think, this week.
5: Last guy I'd talk about quickly, Carson Wentz. You think he can step up against Seattle today? Seattle's got t- uh, injured uh, defensively. Yeah. They have not been great against the pass this year, so your thoughts?
6: That's more of the contrarian play. Yeah. Because I do think Wentz, you know, a big day from Wentz and Ertz, can be that thing, whereas car is always a little trickier. I, I think if you're going to try to be contrarian, go another way where nobody's really on a game. Everybody's so high off of Seattle, off that big win, I think going the opposite direction and going with Wentz and Ertz in this game and using that combination because that is the reliable combination, even if Alshon Jeffrey makes it onto the field today, I would still go with Ertz anyway. That's a spot where you could make more. That's a spot where he has upside for 25 points in a game, whereas Carr, I just feel, doesn't quite have that kind of ceiling.
5: Yeah, the Raiders, Jets, and uh, Seattle Eagles games have the exact same total right now on the FanDuel Sportsbook, 46.5, but I think there's a much easier path to the Seattle-Philly game being high scoring than the Jets Raiders game so uh, I'm with you on Wentz being a contrarian player so let's talk about those tight ends we talked about Zach Ertz uh, Dallas Goddard also potentially valuable in that game with the receiver core being banged up Uh, Goddard conceivably a value uh, and Ertz at the same time
6: yeah and I think the uh, the, (laughs) the tight end that I like the second most in this one is actually Hollister you know, yeah. as, as much as you can make, I think, in a week like last week against the Pats where they're going to take away your number one weapon and that's Ertz, it makes sense to then pivot and look for Dallas Goddard to make plays, and he did. Now, this week, I'm looking at Hollister and I'm thinking to myself, this is a guy off the practice squad. He's got five red zone targets in his last three games, a guy that's put back-to-back 20-point efforts up, and he's done it against some pretty good defenses. We're talking about uh, San Francisco 49ers two weeks ago. So... To me, I don't see why you wouldn't be all in on Hollister in this one, too. Noah Fantz, another guy, too, at 51, seeing a ton of target volume lately from Brandon Allen with the young quarterback. A lot of times the young QBs, they kind of check down, and all of a sudden those tight ends become very useful. He hadn't been much under Flacco, but ever since Brandon Allen's taken over, five red zone targets his last three games, he's certainly trending upward. Now, the secondary is very good for the Buffalo Bills, but... I think you can potentially beat them underneath a little bit, and I think that's where Noah Fant comes to play. So I think you're going to see a ton of Philip Lindsay and a ton of Noah Fant in this contest today for the Broncos.
5: We see Jaron Cook get more involved in the Saints offense. You know, you would hope so,
6: because they've struggled in the red zone, too, ironically. And I I feel like Cook should have been that guy all year, but for some reason, I don't know, maybe didn't match up with Bridgewater or whatever it is, but... I think that's another one where you, you want to just play for the touchdown at tight end. Yeah. There's worse things because I think we both expect a pretty good uh, Saints total in that game.
5: Yeah, we keep coming back to the Raiders-Jets game, but Darren Waller and Ryan Griffin are also uh, pretty interesting plays. I, I, I've seen the Jets get torched by various tight ends. If you look at, uh, look at it on a, a seasonal basis, uh, the Jets are, are really in the – Bottom 10 as far as allowing, uh, or top 10, I should say, in allowing uh, points to opposing tight ends. So they've done a fairly good job. However, against a tight end like Waller, I think there's some opportunities there. Granted, you have to pay for it a little bit. Uh, But Ryan Griffin, a guy that came up huge last week.
6: Yeah, look, Ryan Griffin got paid yesterday. So a guy who was basically a secondary tight end on, the, uh, on the, the Texans for a couple years. He's never had 500 yards in a season. All of a sudden, he ends up with the Jets as the second tight end. Herndon gets suspended and hurt and then hurt again. And now Ryan Griffin's been that guy, and he's another one who's been very consistent here. Uh, the one bad game he had was the one game where Herndon was actually active. So I think you can look at Ryan Griffin. You can look at that price, too. Uh, 42 over on DraftKings. I know the price is pretty good as well over on the FanDuel side. Does he have touchdown upside? Absolutely. And you mentioned Waller against the Jets. Certainly a good play as well. It's funny. We were a little panicked a couple weeks ago. The tight end was looking really, really thin, and then the Hooper injury happened too. And then we've had the emergence of Ryan Griffin. We've had the emergence of Jacob Hollister. We've had the emergence of Noah Fant. So there's been a ton of guys here that have really stepped up in this void and kind of made up for let's say, the less-than-perfect seasons that Travis Kelsey, Ertz, and, and even Kittle, to a certain extent, who's battled injuries for most of 2019.
5: Yeah, you have no Kelsey on the slate today because they have a bye week. You have no uh, Ke- George Kittle because he's banged up, and they're also playing, playing uh, tonight night. Yep. Uh, against the Packers. Uh, and two other guys that we use a fair amount are Austin Hooper and Evan Ingram, and they're out. Yeah, so been hurt
6: most of the year, too. Yeah,
5: they're, two the, they're the two highest-priced guys on the main slate today, and, and they're out. So, uh, all right, last guy. Well, let's move over to defenses then. So a uh, couple defenses that we like, uh, the Bears going up against the Giants. Daniel Jones has been very turnover-prone. In fact, he's turning the ball over at a higher rate than any QB in the NFL. Jameis has more turnovers, but Daniel Jones has played a couple of less games. So uh, you have the Bears. Uh, you have the Browns going against Miami. Ryan Fitzpatrick, always good for a couple of picks, right? Always. Oh, Uh, The Saints going up against Carolina Panthers. Look, Kyle Allen's turned the ball over, I believe, ten times in the last three weeks. Uh, Nine picks, I think, over the last four weeks. So he's having a tough time. I think the bloom is off the rose there for Kyle Allen. And and the Saints defense, which is obviously an attacking style of defense, could get uh, all up in his business today.
6: Yeah, absolutely. And I think you also look at uh, the Lions are a sneaky one as well. Uh, I think when you're looking at terms of pricing, The Patriots over on DraftKings are just 3.3. Now, I'm not sure what happened recently, but I understand the Patriots, you know, have struggled a little offensively, but... Really, they've had one bad defensive game, and it was against Lamar Jackson. Can we bring it back to earth a little bit? They're still the number one defense, so I don't understand that pricing at all. I think the Eagles are a nice contrarian defense, too, especially if you believe in in Wentz's ability to win this football game today. And maybe the Seahawks coming out a little flat. The Steelers have a good matchup against Ryan Finley and the Bengals. I'm a little worried about the Steelers on the road today, Mm -hmm. but... I'm not worried about the defense, so in terms of them being a good return, you got to like them as well.
5: The only thing I'd say about the Steelers, the only thing to interject there is I, I think Cincinnati, the only path for them to stay close and try to win this game is to run the ball. And I right. think Finley's uh, pass attempts could be down, giving them potentially less opportunities. But they do generate sacks as well, so you have uh, opportunities there. So, uh, any last thoughts? Uh, look,
6: you might have to make a choice here between Sony Michel or uh, James White in that game. And don't sleep on Darius Guys, today. AP's banged up and he He's going to get a fair amount of workload.
5: So good stuff uh, out of Joe. Uh, he's going to come up next with I... thanks, buddy. Uh, he's going to come up next with Roto experts in the morning. I'll be back for Pro Football today. So uh, watch and rewind. Keep an eye on the inactives. Thanks for watching DFS today.
3: Three hundred thousand dollars.
2: Anyone can win. Relationships matter, and only one All Star will
3: claim the title of Challenge Champion. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
6: Miss. So
4: Here's what you missed on DFS today. So I
6: missed. I know Nick Chubb is going to be very, very popular today. But Mike Blewett, I want to ask you this question. Are you concerned a little bit with the ceiling of Chubb with Alvin, with uh, Kareem Hunt there? Because now you've got Kareem Hunt in this mix who's stealing some of the targets yeah. away from him. And on top of that, they struggled in the red zone recently and on the goal line. Maybe Kareem Hunt gets some of that opportunity. Maybe, just maybe.
5: I know, I know this is a week that some people are going to jump in on the Browns simply because they are playing the Dolphins. And I'm telling you, I'm in anyway, even though people are going to jump in just based on that one factor. I think Baker has a really big day today. But to your point, I think that Chubb, it will necessitate Chubb scoring multiple touchdowns in order for you to distance him, and that's a tough guess because Beckham could be that guy that has multiple touchdowns. Jarvis Landry has seen a few touchdowns this year, and to your point about Hunt, I just want, I just worry that there isn't enough there. Now, Chubb is the is an interesting tournament play simply because if he does get those two touchdowns and you thread the needle, then you're in good shape. I think you're but asking a lot to do that. I, I agree. It's a very difficult thing. I agree. I, that's I, why I actually, he would have. I would be underweight the field probably on Chubb, but overweight the field on the receiver. I will
6: take the discount on Hunt for me personally. Take the discount on Hunt and hopefully you get the receptions because you haven't. He's got like 17 targets in his first two games back. That's a lot of targets. So you take the receptions, you take that, maybe you get a touchdown out of him. The upside is huge. The risk is much lower in terms of return on investment. And that's the way I would go. And speaking of return on investment, Mike, too, Saquon Barkley is just 7900 this week on FanDuel. Yeah. That's not a price. I mean, usually that's a that's a full $1,000 discount on what you'd normally see Saquon Barkley. He's coming off the buy. He's coming off a a week where he's not on the injury report. I don't know about you, Mike, but I feel like this is a perfect opportunity to get back in on Barkley, especially when you consider that the Bears in the last four games or so have given up 24-plus points to running backs in fantasy. So just because it's the Bears, quote-unquote, does not mean that all of a sudden we can't start Saquon Barkley. And now that he's at a discount, Mike, I feel like he's almost a must-look, and you should have a fair amount of shares going into today.
5: Yeah, I think he's always a guy that is going to receive another uh, so much volume in that offense that when you get him on the right week, we're just talking about Fournette in that same way, right? Fournette's delivered on a more consistent basis this year. But if you get the week and you're playing Fournette in the week where he scores a touchdown or two, you're in big money and right. you distance yourself from the field, especially in tournaments. So I think Barkley's that type of guy.